the reason I don't let these negative comments affect me is because everything they're telling me, I've already told myself. Eyes on the money. I'm in my lane. Don't let this affect me. Welcome to the Grant Owen Podcast, where we explore the world of entrepreneurship. Join us as we dive into the nitty gritty of what it takes to start, grow, and scale a successful business. We're on a mission to share our experiences, failures, insights, and advice with others. Whether you're just starting out in your entrepreneurial journey or you're looking to take your business to the next level, tune in and join the conversation about what it takes to succeed in the world of business. Welcome to the Young and Driven Podcast. I'm your host, Grant. And as always, thank you so much for giving me your time, and and I hope you get value out of this. My goal is that if you enjoy this episode and you like it and you got value from it, that you would send it to one person. I don't need you to like, comment, subscribe. I don't need any of that stuff. I just hope that one person that needs to listen to this, uh, in this particular episode, probably someone that needs a laugh, that you would send it to that person. Um, So please please do that, and I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you get value. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for being here, dude. Um, I appreciate it. I was super excited to talk to you. Um, I love seeing what you're doing on on, on social media and uh, just through our mutual connections. And I just, I feel ex- like you just have an energy that's like super kind and super joyful. And I'm excited to talk to you about it. Thank you, brother. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy about this this whole community that we've built through this program and, and meeting, uh, meeting so many people. And it's an honor to be on your podcast. Love it, love it. Um, so, so can you give me just like a quick, a quick story? Not even quick. Let's dive into. Uh, you would mention before we started this episode that you, it's the twentieth anniversary of you going to Calgary, Canada. Talk to me about what. I'm guessing you're feeling very sentimental, and you're feeling very like okay. There's a lot of like a lot of emotions. Uh, sometimes, like sometimes people don't care about that kind of stuff, and sometimes people really. It like affects them a lot. So talk to me about that. Talk to me about like the last 20 years and the development into who you are right now as a business owner who's doing comedy at the scale that you're doing it. Thank you. Yeah, so basically uh, my wife and I just bought a ticket to go to Calgary actually for the first time. We act- I came oh, really? to Quebec. I came to Quebec. Quebec. Okay, okay, okay. okay 20 gotcha. years ago. Gotcha. And uh, I'm trying to find the words of of what this may be i wanted to do something special to yep. to commemorate my 20 years in canada so i'm costa rican born and raised but my parents are peruvian so even growing up in costa rica i was already kind of an an immigrant i never really felt it when i was there but reflecting my household was peruvian like my parents are peruvian my brothers are peruvian and then when i was 6 my parents divorced and my dad moved to el salvador remarried and then uh, years later, I moved to El Salvador. Then I moved to Mexico. Okay. And then I moved to Montreal, to Quebec, and then to Toronto. Okay. And I moved all, all, to all these places because of my dad's job. My dad is a drug lord. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> nah, just joking. Nah, joking, okay, joking. Okay. He's, a, he's a businessman. He's... So pretty much the same thing. <laughs> and um, so I, when I was 15, I lived in Mexico. And it was an opportunity for me to go to boarding school in, in, in Quebec. My parents moved around a lot, and and it was just a great opportunity for me to go there. September third, two thousand and three. Okay. This is my was my fourth country, 
in five years moving around. And how so, old were you at this point? I'm gonna I'm gonna out you right now. How old were you in 2003? So so I was turning I was 15 turning 16. I'm I'm, 12, okay. I'm 35 right now. Cool. And it felt like amazing because for the first time I wasn't like the not the weird guy but like the the new guy who was moving around all the time everybody at this boarding school was moving around all the time had lived in a bunch of countries so it was really cool i went there for three years graduated high school then went to u of t the university of toronto which is kind of similar to tampa ut my sister went to ut (laughs) and i went to u of t and and then once i graduated in finance and economics in 2006 to 2010, graduated 2010, I started working at a bank, at Scotiabank here in Toronto for Correct. seven years. I ended up working there, became a senior manager in wealth management, helping manage Latino millionaires' money that were custodied okay. in, in Canada. Nice. And simultaneously, I started doing stand-up in 2014. I also started doing public speaking through Toastmasters in 2012, and that started to gain momentum until in 2017, uh, along with my best friend and current business partner. He was also a senior manager at Scotiabank. We we started doing stand-up together in 2014, and then in 2017, we both quit the bank on the same day at the same time Whoa. to pursue our professional careers in stand-up, and then proceeded to the next day go on a three-week tour to Miami, Costa Rica, and Colombia to perform. (laughs) Probably not the best of ideas because we were spending the money that we were going to need after. We went from making a lot of money to no money, but looking back on it, it's just what a great great time. What a great story. Are you guys still friends? Yeah, he's my current business partner. That's cool. That's cool. So you've just been through the journey together. That's really rad. Okay, I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna I'm gonna fire off some some hot take questions. Um, you've experienced so many different countries. Which yes. one's the worst one? Well, in the worst the one news, to live in. Worst th- one to live in. Worst one to live in. The worst one to live in. I think it'd be like on paper, El Salvador. Okay. Just because it has a lot of bad press about the gangs, Las Maras. But yeah. recently, I went to El Salvador a couple months ago to see my, see my family. And the new president, Najib Bukele, who's very controversial in the news, but he's actually taken like a very, like a very crazy stance on gangs. And he pretty much did like a... If you look like a gang member, <laughs> I'm serious. He, he declared 90 days of just no, uh, I don't even know what it, like a, in Spanish it's called un estado de, ex, de excepción, it's like an exception state. So basically you can go, you, you can get picked up by the police and you go to jail. It doesn't matter. And this guy's white. I'm telling Dude, you. To, white. to be honest, that's the kind of dictatorship we need. That's the kind of stuff yeah. I want. That's the stuff I if want. That's why it's very controversial. But my family was like, listen, I don't even know if we like this guy that much, but the violence and the kidnappings and the and the rape and the and the and the killings have decreased <laughs> so much that you you can't help but like this guy. We've never seen this in the past <laughs> yeah. forty years. 
Yeah. Well, I guess like I guess it really sucks if you're just like going through like an artistic phase where you're just like, I'm just gonna wear some of these clothes, and then it's like uh, that's just like a really sucky thing. It's just like a really sucky time to to be to be expressing yourself. Like yeah, if you got maybe like you just got like a shaved head and an arm like a sleeve of tattoos. What if you're just like like, what if you're just like into chains that week? You know, like that really sucks. That's just a that's just a bad beat. I mean. I don't necessarily agree with putting every single person that looks like a gang member into jail, but the El Salvador gangs are like the OGs of gangs. Yeah, like they true. invented <laughs> gangs in Los Angeles. Like they almost like La Mara Salvatrucha and La Mara Tres and La Mara Dieciocho. These are like the top gangs in, in Los Angeles and and they they have like a system yeah. th- all throughout Latin America and they tattoo their faces with the number 13 or the MS yeah. that is the gang all over their arms, everything yeah. back of the head. So they're kind of like, <laughs> they're like telling everybody what gang, cause it's like two rival gangs, but this guy's like, doesn't matter which gang you're part of, you're going to jail. So, <laughs> uh, on paper, El Salvador is like the worst one, yeah. I guess, to live in compared yeah. to Mexico, Costa Rica and Quebec. It's all rel- relative. To, to be right? honest, but, I, I was, I'm actually surprised. Cause like, well, so what's, what has been the funnest place to what's your what's the funnest show like what's your like man as soon as i can book this show i'm like i know it's going to be a, a good time well the best for me the best shows are in front of uh, a lot of latinos that i do here in toronto or yeah. in the in the outskirts of toronto so the coolest part is performing in spanish for 15 countries like f- people from 15 countries because we all share the language spanish yep. But yeah. we don't all speak it the same way. So we all yeah. have our own slang. And yeah. that difference in language is what makes the jokes. Yeah. What for, for, uh, is it hard? Have you done stand up in both languages? Yes, uh, I do all the time. Which one's more fun? Which one do you enjoy more? To me, Spanish, just because it's my, my mother tongue. Yeah. But I, I love English too. You know, there's a lot of words and in, in, stuff in English that you can't do in Spanish, and there's a lot of stuff in Spanish that you can't do in English. But yeah. funny is funny. Yeah. I, I think I feel most comfortable in front of immigrants, in front of newcomers. Yeah. Um, but I've performed everywhere. I, I'm going to perform in. I'm going. I'm going to perform in Costa Rica in, in in two weeks. Two shows in English. One show in Spanish. I'm going to go to Quebec to perform. And I performed. I just performed in Barcelona and in Paris. I so it fun yeah. is fun, you know. Yeah. As long as it's relatable. Yeah. Do you? Uh, is it a completely different set based on language, or is it similar styles? That's similar a joke? that's a good question. That's a very good question. So it's a if depends on the slot that I get. If it's a five minute set, yeah. I. You know what? Yeah, the answer is yes. It's a, it's a different set. It's a different set. Yeah. So sometimes it's, a, it's like tight five versus I guess if you have the whole capacity to do like if you have a twelve, you're like let's go. We're, we're having yeah. A, if I have half an hour this. or an hour, yeah. then I I get which is what I'm doing in Costa Rica three nights in a row. Then I get to curate and everything. But if I only got five or ten or fifteen minutes, I'm going I'm going for the kill right away. Yeah. In English. Yeah. I have a little bit, like, slight, yeah, I have less material in English than I do in Spanish just because I do a lot more Spanish. Yeah. But I still have a lot of material in English that's relatable and that is not specific to a region. Like, it doesn't, you don't have to be Latino or French or Canadian to understand it. Yep. What, how's your crowd work? Is your crowd work good? 
Yeah, yeah, that's one of my biggest assets, man. That's the crowd work is, the crowd work is what sets me apart, I think, from other comics. So basically, I take it, I take it really seriously. I've researched it a lot, and the show and the crowd work starts before you even speak. So yeah. you you arrive early, you arrive early to the venue. You, you see who's there. Yeah, you watch. You say <laughs> hi. Who invited you? Uh, why are you here? Oh, is this a bachelor party? What's going on? Bachelorette party? Uh, yeah. What's the occasion? Do you know any other comics? Where are you from? What's exciting these days? And then if I see lookalikes, I'm writing these down on my little notebooks too. I, I bring a notebook or a cheat sheet or like a, or like a sheet of paper where I have my bits and I'll be writing in the back. And then the key is to not with your tonality to not like say that this is the best joke in the world. It's just make it conversational at the beginning so that you can, if it, the joke doesn't land, it's okay because I'm just having small talk with you. So yeah. I don't start with jokes. I'll start making observations. I'll start talking to people. Obviously, it depends. If I only have five minutes, I'll go straight for the joke. But yeah. if, if I have more time, then I will talk to some of the audience members. I'll make fun of some people with some lookalikes. I'll uh, make observations about why are there seven seven girls on that table and one guy, or yeah. like just anything that that yeah. pops up pops out. I'll comment about it, and when you take it pro, is when you're able to weave in three separate observations that have happened in the show into one bit. Yeah. So, for example. This one time, I, I wish I would have recorded it because it was a good one. Uh, <laughs> it was basically like, I, I, I said hi. I'm, I spoke to a couple and I was like, um, how long have you been together? And they were like, three months. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I made a couple jokes. Three months, cool. And then uh, five minutes later, I spoke to another couple right in front of me. And they were like, oh, I was like, how many years have you been uh, married? And they, they were like, three years. And I was like, oh, cool, blah, 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 blah. And then 15 minutes later, I I was talking to these three people, and and uh, they were single, blah, blah, blah. So then I said, oh, wow, so this is pretty cool. And I said, I looked at the, at the first ones. I said, three months, three years, three some. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> nice. And, uh, nice. and like, yep. you, you yeah. weave it in together. Sometimes you got, you got an yeah, engineer you, it there. Builds a girl. Yeah, it builds a girl. Yeah. What, 100%. So, so when you go for, like, three months, Unravel that for me. Like, what what immediately comes to your mind is like someone's like, "Yeah, we've only been together three months." Are you are you hitting them hard with like a, I don't, uh, like you're you're so fresh. Do you guys trust each other? Like, show me your like what like what what try what do you try to unravel? Or is it just kind of like very candid? No, I'm going straight for sex sex stuff. Oh, the yeah. sex must be great right now. You don't yeah. <laughs> you're not bored of each other. Yeah. Or if they don't, if they're not official yet, you can kind of make it awkward and funny about that. Yeah. Uh, are you? Are uh, are you together? Like one saying, one saying, like I'm a girl. Yeah, he's my boyfriend, and the other one's like, oh, we're just we're just hanging out. Like, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, there's two ways of uh, of what we teach in our public speaking through comedy workshops. So basically, you can go um, mitigate risk with yes or no questions, closed ended questions when you crowd work, or you can embrace the risk, but it's is still riskier, and do open ended yeah. questions. So yep. basically. What I teach my students who haven't really done crowd work and they may be scared of it because a conversation may jeopardize their set, you're like, just ask yes or no questions or things that are easy to respond. 
And mm. after the third or fourth or fifth question, you're going to get something. Yeah. So basically, it's like, what's your name? It's it's like, it's Grant or it's Grant. You know, what's your yeah. name? Grant. Oh, very nice. Yeah. How old are you? Let's just say 30, 30. And you're repeating their answer to the mic. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people in the back that can't hear you. Can't yeah. hear Grant speaking in the first row. So 30, 30. Very cool. Where are you from? Um, I, I live in Tampa. Tampa, that's very nice. And after, uh, are you single? So that's a yes or no question. And yeah. then after three, three or four yes or no's, close ended, then you could say, why are you single? Yeah. And now you, you can start to embrace a little bit of the risk. And typically after four or five questions, something will happen. I remember one time I got a big pop of this interaction. So there was a big, uh, there, there was an Indian guy at my show. And, and I was like, hi, uh, what's your name? And he, and he was like, uh, my name is Manoj. And I was like, Manoj, very nice to meet you. Uh, where are you from? He's like, India. And I said, uh, we're in India. And he's like, downtown. <laughs> and I was like, downtown India? <laughs> and and uh, everybody, but I think he, yeah. he didn't speak English that well. Yeah, or he, yeah, yeah, like yeah, first yeah. couple weeks in Canada. And he thought I asked him, where does he live in Canada? Like in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah, and he yeah, said yeah, downtown. Yeah, it's like downtown India. Yeah, yeah, downtown India. So you just have to repeat it, and it yeah. got a huge pop. Love. So just yeah. how, repeating it yeah. works. How much? Uh, how much are? How much of your like? If you have an hour, are you trying to like say, okay, I can dedicate at least this much time to crowd work, just like working through the working through the people? I would say five to ten minutes, and and you have to be, and that's uh, you have to be very cognizant. And in the present, in the moment, to understand that it's ha it's got to be intentional. Because you mm -hmm. can tell when a comic is just trying to crowd work to fill time, and yeah. it looks horrible. And yeah. just by you knowing that, it makes you know what, it... You know what's... But, like, Russell Peters kind of does that. And I can tell... Because he's, like... He's so good at crowd work, but, like, I feel like he's, like... Like, you could tell that... Because that's his whole thing. Yeah. He has some things that he's, like... I'm going to try to, I'm hoping I'm, I'm going to get somebody or I'm going to pinpoint somebody out and I have my bit that I've pre-planned, but like I'm looking for an Indian doctor, right? And he's like, I'm looking <laughs> for that guy because I have my whole bit about my parents after. Like he has, so, but like to your extent, you're saying like you want to be aware of the room if they want to be receptive to it or not. Yeah, in the, case, in the case of Russell Peters, he's world-class at it. And sometimes people go and see that. So, and I think he does it intentionally. He'll crowd work and then he'll, He'll use the crowd work to transition into the bit that he already has. Yeah. So the best part of it is, is the, if the crowd work doesn't work, it's okay because you already have the joke, the established yeah. joke. But you have to be very present to understand like, hey, I kind of – I've been talking for two minutes or four minutes to these three yeah. people. Haven't got any laughs out of it. It's time to start the show. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to lose the people. And then yeah. if you progress and – you got 20 minutes, solid 20 minutes. You got another 40 minutes to go. Yeah, you can crowd work a little bit. One of the best moments to crowd work is when to transition into other bits. So if you're going to talk about the married life, you can actually say, by show of hands, so here is married. Yeah. And then a bunch of people raise their hand. So let's actually get who's actually been married for the most amount of years. Uh, by, show, by round of applause, who's, who's been married for over 20 years, blah, blah, blah over 30 years and then you got the couple oh, 39 years married and then and then you can now you can crowd work with them yeah, yeah and yeah, then yeah. the other good place which is more in the u.s comedy scene is when the headliner is performing and all the bills come to the table 
to checks yeah. to pay. Nobody's paying attention because everybody's paying. So that's a good place to crowd work so you don't like use Lose your, your good stuff. jokes yeah. when nobody's yeah. listening. Yeah. Who do you look to as like you love what they do? Like they because like I'm sure you've had your people like in 2014, 2013 when you were like, I want to do it. Yeah. And then you did the open mics. I'll ask you about like the come up and, and for people that want to do the open mic life. But like people that you liked then and then people that you're like, whenever they put something out, whenever they like that's I got to watch that special as soon as it comes out. Well, John Mulaney definitely is world class at writing. I went yeah. to see his his new special when he came to Toronto about about 6 months ago. And that it's it, that you just go to learn, man. It's incredible. Yeah. Obviously he's super funny, but just the the economics of of words, like not a single word is redundant. You know, every yeah. word has a purpose. And um I love Brian Regan. Okay. I love Hannibal Buress. Okay. I I love uh, Bill Burr. Bill Burr yep. Red Rock special on Netflix is insane. That was so, good. so good, dude. His yeah. uh, doesn't he? He has, he has a bit on. Uh, I think he had a bit on abortion, and I was like, "That's the that was the I haven't." It's so hard to do a bit on abortion. And I was like, "You, yeah. what, what he did at Red Rocks was like that was so funny. It was so great. That was, was incredible. Yeah. And um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Bill Burr bit on Philadelphia, like when. He no. have you listened to it? No. Oh man. It's it's actually like not a bit. It's something that really contributed to his fame in the early years. Okay. So basically, this is like the worst possible combination that most comics that we've been through. So they'll do a a, a concert, like a music concert yeah. for a band. Call it Red Hot Chili Peppers, call it Metallica, whatever. Yeah. And then they're like, "Why don't we get a comic to open?" <laughs> Just like <laughs> The no worst idea. To, yeah, no one wants. Nobody to wants it, yeah. to see you. And Bill Burr gets invited. I don't even remember what it was, but it was like a a radio festival, like a fest music festival, and it was like a punk band or a rock band. And they invite Bill Burr to open in Philadelphia, but nobody wants to see a comic. They just want to see the band. Yeah. So they start like screaming and swearing, and Bill Burr is trying to perform, and he's like, "Guys, come on!" And then out of nowhere, he's like, "Screw this." And starts to roast everybody in the audience. Roast Philadelphia. Roast everybody. And just just 10 minutes. And he's like, I'm not leaving the stage. I got two more minutes to go. Screw all of you. And continues <laughs> to roast him. He does like 12 minutes. Solid. Roasting everybody. It. Insulting everybody. It's hilarious. That's great. That's so fun. Well, that's that's it's because he's a Boston guy, so that makes sense. Because Boston people hate yeah. Boston people hate everybody, but they hate New Yorkers and they hate Philadelphians so much. That's so funny. Yes. Uh, so, what about on the podcast side of things? Like, what what do you like? You have your own podcast. Uh, what like what comedy podcast do you like? What do you what do you think? Who do you think is like doing it right? That's a big thing. Every comic's got a I, podcast at this point. I think. Um, well, I'll tell you the people who I've seen po- podcast clips that I ha- haven't really heard, but I should. Yeah. So uh, Theo Vaughn is hilarious. Dude, his podcast clips, yeah, they're great. Yeah. yeah it, he, like, I don't think there's any, just as a person and as random, Yeah. I don't think there's anybody as as random and funny as, as Theo yeah. Vaughn. I, I saw him on the Netflix is a Joke Festival in LA last May. Then um, I think when... Comics go to Joe Rogan. It's it's funny. I think that um, Francisco Ramos has has some really cool stuff. Yeah. 
I've seen him on on podcast clips. He's he's Venezuelan in L.A. He performs at the Comedy Store. He's a good friend. Love it. Uh, Carmen Lynch. She's American and Venezuelan. She does she does really cool stuff too. And apart from that, I don't even. Uh, Tom Segura Tom's has had a lot of my friends on the podcast because Tom Segura is actually Peruvian. He is. His mom yeah. is Peruvian. His parents. I think his parents or his mom is Peruvian. His mom is. So yeah. he has a Spanish yeah. and English podcast. He, he uh he said that uh it's so much harder to do Spanish shows. He's done like a he's done like a Spanish leg of tours before and he's like it is he's like to get cuz even though that like he said like I think it's like that's his native tongue as well and he was like it's so it's difficult. Like that's a, a, a he's much more stressed out for those shows than he is for his American shows. Yeah, I think I think Tom Segura is like 99% of his career has been in English cuz he grew up yeah. in in the states. Yeah. And one percent of his shows have been in Spanish, and you can tell. And and it's not a knock on Tom Segura; it's not. It's no. it's just yeah. a reality. Yeah. That if you if you're like snow, if you're skiing on snow, yeah. for the, your entire life, and then you go ski on water and compete. Yeah. It's just yeah. it's just a different muscle. Yeah. And a lot of us comics, we rely on spontaneity. We rely on, on being in the moment, and. Most of the time, you're not even thinking about the words that are going to come out of your mouth. You're just you're you're rolling with the punches. So when it's not your first language, Tom Segura's Spanish is is perfect, but it's not his first language. I mean, yeah. or the one that he yeah. he's been doing his entire life. So yeah, um, he's amazing. He's an amazing yeah. comic, and I know that if he did more Spanish, he'd be equally as amazing as he's in English. But it's expected. You know, he's been doing English for decades. For you, do you do you want like what's that? Tell me the difference between like a the smaller shows. Some people prefer smaller shows, like it's a small mm-hmm. room, maybe a hundred heads, right? Versus like d- starting to do kind of like more theater stuff. Which one do you prefer? Which one's like harder? Oh, a very good question. So definitely, I love the the sixty to one fifty range that's the, the i think that's the intimacy love the the the, yeah. the intimacy range is 60 to 150 you can still do pretty good on a 40 40 people like trying out stuff but when it gets to the 30s and 20s it's just like you could have a good punch but the laughter doesn't justify like you'll get the laughs but it's not as contagious as if you have 150 people yep obviously when you got 300 or you got 600 that's a roar, the roar yeah. Yeah, and it kind of affects your timing. It, it not in a bad or a good way. It's just the timing is different because you got to wait for the laughs to come back down. So a show that might take you usually ten minutes in front of a hundred people may take you twelve minutes in front of six hundred people, just because the the timing is different. Yeah, and then yeah. the the crowd work is different too because six hundred people they can't see the unless there's like a screen, but they yeah. can't really see the person who you're talking to. Yeah, so it's it's different. Yeah. Do you, uh, which one do you, you said, so you prefer the 60 to 150. Uh, yeah, I do you like feel that. like, do you feel like you would not want to scale up higher than that? Would you be like, I just kind of like, I kind of want to just chill here or are you no, like, I let's would, go. I would, uh, I don't hundred percent do 10,000. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so yeah. So tell me, tell me what would change in your approach if you're like, you're in front of a 10 K crowd, like what changes in your approach of what you deliver on? The only thing that changes is, your timing because the 
average laugh lasts longer. Just like the on a punch, maybe on a punch you you would pause for three seconds for people to for people in in a in a sixty to one hundred and fifty yeah club to to buy, die back down so that you can continue your bit because you don't want to talk over the laugh because then you interrupt it yeah and that's why that's why the word that triggers the laugh is at the end of the sentence in the punch because when that last word triggers a laugh. You want to shut up so they can laugh. Yeah. And then, so my timing would change. It would just take like a, a extra seconds to continue the bit after the laugh. And then the only other thing that would change is the, um, the frequency or effectiveness of the crowd work. Because when you got 100 people, when you got 60 people, everybody can see the person who you're talking to and even listen to their responses. You still got to repeat it back to the mic so that everybody can hear. But once it's 600 people, 1,000 people, there's 600 people, 700 people yeah. that, that have no idea what is happening in the crowd yeah. work. So you yeah. got to be make sure they're looped in every single moment. Yep. When you try to touch on cultural differences for like, let's just say like immigrants and people that come from like the 12 different nations that all speak the same language, what are you trying to tap into to like like in terms of like you want to be like are you or would you say like your comedy at all is like you want to be just like a tiny bit offensive just to get the reaction or are you just trying to find are you like you're trying to find commonalities and then riff on it or are you trying to find like the differences and then riff on that so yeah that's a very good question so i think it's a process for you to understand what type of comedy you do because i think for example, I have some friends who do uh, black humor yeah. or dark humor. And yeah, dark, like in Spanish, it's more negro, which is like dark humor. So, um, But they always say it's, it's not like I started because I wanted to do that. It's like yeah. as I was doing it, like the dark humor found me. Yeah. So in my case, my comedy is not very controversial. I'm not a very big guy. I'm 5'7". I've never been in a fight. I don't look I've ever, like I've ever been in a fight. <laughs> yeah. I probably get my ass whooped every single time. I smile a lot. I don't look like I don't look threatening. So, I I think my my comedy is very family friendly, but because I I look like everything is family friendly, like my yeah. comedy is I can get away with things. Yep. Today yeah, I was yeah. actually a bit worried because I had a joke in Spanish. It was a roast and and um and and I th the joke is very well written, but and it's in the context of a roast, mm -hmm. and the roast is roasting countries. The, it's called the world the World Cup of roast. The I don't know. It's like roast mundial, the world roast, and we roast a lot of Latino countries, including and then Canada because we live in Canada. Yeah. And I had a joke, which is well written, but I don't I didn't know if I wanted to post it because I I don't I didn't want to sound homophobic or or like a, I, I'm a. I'm an I'm an LGBTQ plus friendly person, yeah. and I didn't want to offend anybody. But I'm like, it's it's okay. Let's see where this leads us. And I had one comment that I, that I actually deleted because I was like, if I get one more comment about this, I'm gonna delete the whole thing because I don't wanna I don't wanna come across as as homophobic or anything because I'm not. So so the joke goes like this: um, we were roasting countries. So in this case, it was like the Canada roast, the part of Canada, and I said. If Canada was a TV series, um, it'd be the Power Rangers because you got whites, 
Yeah. You got blacks, you got yellows, and you even got blues. And uh, you got pink, and you even you, you even got blue. And then and then sometimes even the the white one will be like, actually, I don't identify as white anymore. I want to be green. <laughs> and 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 in Spanish uh like in any i think in spanish it's like it sounds more effective and smooth i'm i'm just translating it yeah. for the first yeah, time yeah, yeah, yeah. but the one person was like so vintage of you to uh <laughs> knock on the on the lgbt community and i was like ah oh, here we go again i'm like yeah. come on a lot of my friends a lesbian friend who's on stage with me yeah is laughing next to me yeah. And a lot of my gay friends liked the joke. So I'm like, yeah. if I get I actually got a couple of trolls commenting on it on TikTok, but they their logo, their profile picture was Power Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I have some Power That's Ranger awesome. haters. I love it. Well, so tell so, uh, I, so I I want to ask you about that. So what do you think about like in my I I have my opinion about this. And I'm it's like I I would say I like dark humor, but I, I not just for like the sake of it. I also like for me like I just I watch a Dave Chappelle bit and I'm like, I see yeah. it's just masterful, right? But like Dave Chappelle is like able to weave through this stuff. He gets canceled, but like you can't cancel him because he's Dave Chappelle, you know? But what do you think about in comedy? Like, is offense allowed? Can you, are you allowed to be offended at comedy? We could talk about this for days, man. So pretty, first of all, comedy is truth and pain. There, there has to be, usually there is a victim to the joke. Yeah. Everything that is beautiful is not funny. Yeah. So comedy is just truth and pain or tragedy plus time. So um, naturally, typically, there is a victim. Now, this doesn't mean that you should punch down on communities that have been persecuted. And that's why I was so worried that I didn't want it to come across as an attack on the other. Not even close. This is yeah. just... Um, it's ridiculous, but still, I, I was worried about it. Yeah. I'm still worried about it. I'm checking my phone well, all the you time. Know you know what's really funny though is like, but like you're, it's it's kind of fair play to be like I hate white people. Like that's like most people are like I hate white men or I hate white women because like that's like that's pretty fair play. But that's like it. Yeah, it's not the. It's kind of this. I don't know. Now, I, I I see people where I'm like, I'm sure you've been, I'm sure in, in your experience in your lifetime, you've been to enough open mics or you've been to enough places where it's like someone just goes hard and it's like, okay, you don't have the authority. Like it's not even, it's just like not yeah. even funny. It's not even funny. It's like you don't, you're, there's, yeah. you're just trying to be offensive and just trying to be offensive cannot be, like there's no taste in that. But there's a difference between yeah. just trying to be offensive and then trying to weave through a thread of like truth and different narratives that are at play yeah what's your point of view um are you the victim of the joke and are you or is it a witty observation yeah i mean it, it all depends it all depends on the joke and 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 you take people take certain risks like the other <laughs> i have a joke about <laughs> that a lot of people are still like commenting on my social media the other day mexicans are are uh, hating on me right now I, I lived in mexico i live i love mexico yeah but yeah. i had so there's so there's this uh, it, Toronto and the city that's right next to it, like half an hour away. It's called Mississauga. And a funny, uh, a fun fact is that just for the context of the joke is that all the Latinos we get a visa requirement to come into Canada. Everybody has to have a visa. Every single country, 
except Mexico. Mexico gets, can, they don't have to have a visa to come into Canada. Mm-hmm. So I said, uh, we were talking about different countries in Canada and Toronto, and I said, you know what? I mean, <laughs> any Mexicans here? And like, yeah, they were like, and I was like, listen, I love Mexicans, but dude, there's a lot, of, there's too many Mexicans in Toronto. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> there's so many Mexicans in Toronto that Mississauga put up a wall. <laughs> and and uh, See, it's, a, it's a good joke, but yeah, that's uh, people get offended. That's well, good. I don't care. It's that that I wasn't so worried about it as the one today. Yeah. But well, so tell me tell tell me about social media because social media is not a plate like social media, especially when you're posting clips. Whether it's whether it's you know like everybody everybody most comics post their clips, but whether it's from their special, or whether it's from the show, social media is like a place where it's like and everything that goes viral offends somebody. There's nothing yeah. that goes viral on social media. I I I, I, I want to say that super, super broadly. I think there was like one post I've seen recently where there's one guy that he has brain cancer and he's running a marathon and he's raising funds and everyone's like positively like, yes, we're going to make this go viral. Almost everything else, it offends somebody or there's a line and people have an opinion about whether or not it's good. Passionately bad, yeah. passionately good, or this is right for this reason, this is wrong for this reason. The, you miss all the context within your set. So, like, do you feel like, are you, are you someone that naturally has a, a thick skin to be like, yeah, I don't really care. I'll take it on. If you're offended, you're offended. You're probably not going to like my comedy. Or are you someone that's like, I really, I want to be careful with what I post because I want it to be, I, like, I still want to grow. And I still want to, I care about what people think. I am committed to being a great comedian and I'm not attached to the hate or to any bit. So, my commitment to myself is to post as many jokes as I can on social media because that's going to grow my career. Mm-hmm. And I do two things to develop that thick skin. One is indirect and one is direct. The first one is I post and ghost. I don't, especially on yeah. TikTok, it's ruthless there, man. Yeah. yeah. I don't check the comments that much. So, but on Instagram, I've grown a lot recently, so I don't. I try not to check them. And especially if I can kind of see the comment will be negative when it's on my notifications, I'll delete it from yeah. my notification so I can't see it. And yeah. there's a lot of comments. And you a lot still of have notifications happening. on, which is a big deal. That's a, that's a big thing. No, no. I mean, I don't have it on my phone, but oh, just okay, when okay, I yeah, hit yeah, the yeah, heart yeah, yeah. Oh, in, yeah, yeah, in yeah, app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. No, no. Yeah. I have zero notifications on my phone. Cool. And the other thing that I do is I kind of, when I... If I happen to read a negative comment, I kind of reflect on this thing I heard from a podcast, a Mexican comic who's a, who's a friend. And he said, the reason I don't let these negative comments affect me is because everything they're telling me, I've already told myself Yeah. years yep. back. Yeah. So as many negative, <laughs> but you could say that you, you could say that that's a bit too. It's like you can't offend me because I every every single morning in the yeah. mirror I'm <laughs> like yeah yelling expletives at myself and just like hating myself. So yeah, that's I love that. I, that's so true. Exactly. So I try to be like, and I, 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 like a part of me is also like, oh, now you're commenting on my videos, even if it's negative. Like you weren't there when I was shit ten years ago. So yeah, why should I care that you're here now? Yeah, I I I'm like. Eyes on the money. I'm running. I'm in my lane. Don't let this affect me. What? Uh, so let's dive. Let's dive into ten years ago. Um, what you started in 2014? I'm guessing you've always been. I'm, I'm guessing you've always been funny. I'm guessing it's just like because that's a personality trait. So I'm just guessing like you've 
you've always been someone that can tell stories and be funny and and connect dots. When you started doing open mic stuff, oh, sorry, go ahead. If you want to cut in, is that inaccurate? Yeah, it's inaccurate. I was always the biggest um, supporter of everybody in class. I laughed the most at every single joke, but I was never. My family still don't think doesn't think I'm funny, you know. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) love it. Like. I, I like to think of myself as a big underdog in this case because cool. uh, I've never been the funny guy. I, I, I always thought I was funny. I always thought I had potential. Yeah. And I've worked so hard reading books and taking workshops and going through my videos and reviewing my videos and being very strategic and and and, um, and almost like obsessed with the craft Yeah. to make myself into this person. But. Um, I've learned a lot of joke structures. I like to analyze things. I, I journal about my comedy. I I grade myself in my comedy. I review the videos. I edit my own videos. So I'm I'm committed to the craft. So even even more now, I'm like, why should I? I'm very good now. Yeah. And now, I, oh, and you have comment negative. Co- who cares? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm even gonna get better. Uh, yeah. Ten years ago. I got zero likes on every post, on yeah. my every tweet that I did. Uh, I started doing Vines. Most of them did not that good, but some went viral, and that's how I started to grow. Love it. Love it. Okay, so so you committed to being like, I'm going to be doing this, and I love that you're – something that, something that is, will be a bottleneck because like, you're even saying it like you don't care about the negative comments. And to be honest, to achieve what you want to achieve, I was talking to somebody about this as well. They, it was, it was a, a reference from someone that, that I think was a billionaire – and they went over for dinner, and uh, someone like knocked on their door, like some stranger found their address, knocked on their door. The guy opened the door, guy asked a question, whatever, closed the door, and the people that were over di- for dinner were like, "That must be super annoying." But you're like famous, relevant, that you have someone, and that people know your address and can knock on the door, or people know where you're at and can knock on the door. That that exists, and the person said uh, to. To have the impact that I want to have, I would pay that cost every single time. Mm-hmm. And I, I think to the to your almost to your extent, like to have the impact you want to have, it's just not going to happen without uh, a thick skin of either being okay with not getting views for a long period of time until you grow, until you progress every single every one percent every day, and then also to withstand like the negativity, to withstand mm-hmm. like someone being like that's not funny or someone saying I'm offended. Be like, nope. There's a group over here, and they're laughing, and I'm talking to them. <laughs> like that's my that's those my <laughs> those those sixty thousand yeah. followers. That's that's what I'm, that's what I'm about. I'm about that energy. Uh, a thousand true fans, and, and the other thing is, you can't improve without the shitty shows, without the shitty bits. Yeah. So it's that journey which is necessary. I mean, I think Kevin Hart said he sucked for ten years. Yeah. I sucked. Like maybe maybe in ten years I'll say I'll suck for ten years. <laughs> my first ten years. Yeah. But I, I tell you, my first two years were painful, man. Like yeah. bad, bad. Well, tell, so tell me about that. So you went to. I'm guessing you did a bunch of open mics. Is that how you started? Mm-hmm. What uh, I've been to a few open mics, uh, and they are rough to watch. They are mm-hmm. rough to just be a part of because there's that guy that has the same bit about rape. There's that person that it does something just political. There's the people that try to do something, but you're obviously missing. How do you endure that season? And how do you, how, like, so say like 
someone's listening to this podcast, they want to do comedy, maybe they're trying to do comedy, maybe they are that person that's going to open mics. How do you take that kind of experience, continually refine and learn to a point where you can actually scale to being professional? Yeah, I think it's important to go to those open mics and develop your first five minutes, but it's also very important to not think that that's enough. I sucked for my first two years because I didn't read a book and I didn't join any workshops. So you, the mentorship aspect and the learning aspect, even in something as kind of subjective as stand-up, where it's you don't have like score. The score is the laughter, I guess. Yeah. Um, you got to read the books, man. There, there's yeah. a thousand people who've done it before you. And success leaves clues. So I've read a bunch of comedy books, and in 2016, I joined my first, I joined my first stand-up comedy workshop at the Second City Toronto, and that was like a huge game changer for me. And I then I did level two and level three, and then I started my own public speaking and comedy school, where I teach how to become a stand-up and how to do speaking and how to become a, a confident speaker. So you you have to you have to read the books and do the workshops because. Otherwise, let's just say it may take you just to throw out a number. Maybe it'll take you 15 years to make it to Netflix just by going on stage. But it may take you 11 years if you read the books and you take notes yeah. and you ask for feedback and you take workshops and you review your videos. So you, you, you got to compliment it. What do you think about guys like, I mean, the, the biggest guy this past summer is Matt Reif. That's the... Yeah. The biggest name, he's popping off. And yeah, you can go back and say like, yep, you see that he was doing some stuff before. You can see that he was on Wild and Out, right? He can, like, you can see some of the level of progression. But what are your thoughts on him, like someone that's like super young that like is just kind of like that viral hit? I'm sure there's a lot of comments, comment, comics that are like, I respect it, I see it, and people that are like, I hate it. What are your thoughts on him? I respect it. I respect it immensely. I, I know Francisco Ramos, who's a good friend of his, and he, he's a good friend of mine. He's actually coming to Toronto to do uh, our festival, Latin Comedy Fest, where we bring 25 of the best Latin comics for three nights to Toronto. Whoa. That's awesome. And October 20 in Hispanic Heritage Month. And, and Francisco Ramos performs at the Comedy Store. He's Venezuelan in L.A. And he's done Matt Rives and Paul's uh, show. And... Christina is or was Francisco's manager, and I think was because Christina Christina is now Matt's manager, world tour manager. Yep. And you just gotta you you just gotta respect it. You just gotta ad admire it. And I I saw a, a, a TikTok the other day talking about his meteoric rise, and apparently. It was a crowd work video on TikTok that went viral when he yep. was at Just for Laughs in Montreal. Yeah. And and I don't think he was even invited to Just for Laughs Montreal that year. So just the fact that, that he's committed going to the place, uh, meeting the people, doing the networking, that happened. This is it, a lot of people think it's a Hail Mary, but it's it's not. Like he's got hundreds of other videos yeah. that didn't make it. And yep. that one did, but it's just a yeah. testament to his work. Like yeah. he's becoming yeah. the type of person that goes viral and can do world tours instead of just hitting like a one hit wonder. 
Yeah. And then peaking too early. Yeah. What uh so people talk about how like uh the comic community is it's almost like a um I mean it's almost like a union. Uh just just mm-hmm. in terms of like how like there's a there's a bond, there's a unity, there's there like tell me about your experience there and what that community's like. Did you feel like you instantly got connected when you joined these workshops and you're like, yep, I found, like, I am in the community. I am in the comic space. There's a respect here that everyone has for each other. Or do you feel like you've earned that just slowly as things have gone? I think there's different types of communities. We try to build a very supportive community in Malpensando, which is our Spanish comedy club and, and school. We, we actually also teach, teach in English, but um, we have, like, the Spanish comedy niche in Canada. We were the first ones to do stand-up in Canada. So, in Spanish. And we've always tried to make it supportive, um, hug each other, like, support each other in the green room. And because they've done the workshops together, we've done the workshops together, we've toured together, we kind of built that friendship. And it's like a family in many ways. But when I've been to perform in Mexico and Colombia and other countries it's almost like sometimes it feels like almost toxic in the green room you know like or, hmm. or in the in the bar because hmm. comics are insecure people i think yeah. or yeah uh you don't want the next one to like kill it and you stay in the same spot yeah yeah you don't want to see them go on netflix and you guys stuck so yeah. um we've been to other places where it's not as welcoming and to comedian's credit like it's sometimes nerve-wracking to be in the green room knowing you're about to go up so not a lot of people are socializing or having fun yeah uh, unless you're like a, a seasoned veteran which you don't even care what's going to happen you're just in the moment or you you know you're going to kill anyways so uh we've we've tried really hard to build that community here in, in, in malpensano in toronto but it's it's uh it takes time and you also have to be everybody's biggest fan so that they know you're not a threat <laughs> yeah yep Interesting. So, yeah, you have to almost compensate with humility and yes. compliments. Yeah. Interesting. Um, okay. So, so as I want to, I want to close this down. I really appreciate your time. Uh, what I I have friends, and I think everybody has friends, and there's people that are listening to this that probably know someone <laughs> that is like, man, I would love to get started, and they hear like you know, eleven years, and they're like, you know what, that doesn't sound too scary, and they're like committed to certain practice. Like, so there's things that you're saying that are universally known that you don't even have to repeat, which is just like, get yourself out there, do it. But is there, and, and that in addition to joining workshops, particularly yours, um, Mm -hmm. but in addition to that, like what, what's something that someone could do if they're like, I really love comedy. I really think I could do this. I really want to try. I just want to try. I don't even know, but I want to try. What do you recommend? How do they get started? What should they, what should they do? Well, first, Take our public speaking through comedy workshop, seven weeks online, and you do a grad show online, and we help you write it, help you write, uh, understand what is comedy, what is the setup and a punch joke structure, and then you do a grad show on Zoom. And if you're in person in Toronto, then we do a grad show at a comedy bar. Hundreds of people have gone through our workshops, and it's transformative in terms of confidence. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, if you were in other places, uh, and you're already going to do that, I would say just buy a book, man. Buy Judy Carter's The Comedy Bible, the stand-up comedy book. That's how I started. That's how, like, 
70% of stand-up comedy in the world start. Judy Carter, Greg Dean, that's how people start. Join a comedy workshop because it's easier to commit and do the stuff that's required in a group than to do it by yourself. Nobody's yep. like pressuring you. If you're like, yeah, 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 I'll go to open mic. You're lying. You're never going to go. Yeah. Or you go, but you wanted to go like four years ago and it took you four years to like get drunk and then go do it. Yeah. Just join a class. Everybody's yeah. everybody's nervous in that class. The The community aspect helps a lot. And the, the positive peer pressure takes you further. Yeah. Love it. I love it. All right. Well, where can people find you? Uh, and feel free to please vocalize exactly what your course is again. And I'll have it be in the chat. I'll have it be in the bottom. But where can people find you? Where can people support you? And I think this episode is probably going to come out sometime in October. So if you have dates. On my birthday. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. So, so, I love so, it. Uh, if you have dates, if you have something you can, you can say like where people can find you, where people can like, if they want to see where you're at in that tour, yes. even if this episode comes out at a different point, um, plug yourself. Everything is on my Instagram at Stefan Dyer, S T E P H A N D Y E R Stefan Dyer, like Wayne Dyer, my dad, Dr. Wayne Dyer, the drug Lord. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> the business uh, owner. Yes, the wink, business wink. owner. Exactly. And then in the link in my bio on my Instagram, you can find everything that I do. The courses that I teach, the the uh, the shows that I'm going to do, and especially if you're in Toronto, Latin Comedy Fest, October 2021 and 22. 25 of the best comics as seen on Netflix, Comedy Central, HBO. The best Latin comics coming to Toronto, 25 comics, three nights for an incredible experience. LatinComedyFest.ca is where you can get your tickets. But probably by the time you listen to this, it's probably going to be sold out. So Sorry, if guys. you're listening to this right now, go and buy now. <laughs> uh, and is it going to be recorded at all? Anything? Is anything going to be recorded? No, no, because these are big comics. And yeah. it's like they are, they're on Netflix. They're on Comedy Even Central, for clips? So. Are clips going to be taken? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to have okay. clips. LatinComedyFest.ca is the Instagram. It's the website. Cool. At Stefan Dyer, you can see the, all the experience in my in my stories and in my my uh, channel. So uh, I'll see you there, and thank you so much for having me, man. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks so much, Stefan. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. See you. Can't slow us down.